I didn't want to start off this show by continuing last week's complaint section about Sonic, but it feels like Sega decided that, you know, it didn't want to wait. Just like apparently, you know, we don't want to wait to start this show. Hi, this is Cartridge and Quarters episode number five. My name is Adam CS Radical. Chris, aka Jin and Chris here with me. How are you doing on, well, it's a Thursday evening, but nobody has to know that. It's actually Friday or Saturday at 10 a.m. Don't, don't, yeah, we're actually doing this live, even though it's on a YouTube pre-recorded, but don't worry about that, okay? Yeah, it's very dark where I am right now because it's 10 a.m. and that's a very dark time for where I live. It's, we completely opposite. We, but the sun works different here. Well, well, you're on the moon, so yeah. Yes, the moon. That's where I am. Well, it's on the moon. Oh wait, no, it's kind of like purple. So it might be more like Neptune, maybe. No, Neptune's kind of blue. Uh, I'm not really sure where you are. Maybe on some sort of uh, Andromeda galaxy planet. That might also explain the video lag issues if you're watching the YouTube. Could be that. Yeah, it's it's also because maybe it's a purple moon. I'm on some sort of purple moon. And the internet here is not very strong. Well, I'm not a Star Wars expert, so I couldn't tell you if that exists anywhere in Star Wars lore. So all I know is there's a planet that's desert with two suns. That's about as much lore as I remember at this point. (laughs) That's why it's a desert. Oh, wait, I think Tatooine actually has no moon. Okay, so I'm getting a little further on the lore part, (laughs) but not enough. (laughs) Not enough. Not not yet. Not yet. But no, like I said, we were just going to... Leave Sega alone and come back when the game came out and and maybe talk about what's going on with that. But no, we found it just a little bit more. So it's not clear where. It's not clear. Well, I think May the 20th seems to be the date at this point. But they're going to delist all four of those games that are going to be included in Sonic Origins. For those unbeknownst to that, that includes Sonic 1, 2, and 3. Sonic 3 and Knuckles, to be precise. And then Sonic CD. So it's not told where you're just going to probably assume everywhere because well when you have a repackaged game coming out you're probably thinking as a company hmm sure we might have remastered it made it look prettier also made our customers pay 40 dollars plus five extra dollars for main menu animations but but we we talked about that last week we don't need to do it again so we we've done some actual changes that would differentiate between the two copies but no, we need to make sure they buy the $40 pack rather than spending a couple bucks here and there on this on the game that you know, it, I don't get it. Why the hell are you delisting this? They're delisting it because they'll know that people would look on Steam, for example, there's the Sega Genesis collection, and you can buy games individually for like two dollars. Because the, the game's actually pretty genius. You when you start up the game, it's a free-to-play game only. You don't have any Sega Genesis games to actually play if you get it. And you're in a room, which is clearly the 90s. There's like a Golden Axe poster on the wall, Sonic the Hedgehog comics on the floor, a CRT TV, and a Sega Genesis shelf. And you actually pick on the shelf what game you want to play. It goes into the TV, and then you play that emulated game. Genius, especially since you can actually buy the Sega Genesis games you want for like 2 or $3, I think. Um, and then they have bundles where you get like groups of them. And Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic, Spinball, Dr. Robotnik, Mean Bean Machine, all of that's in there. The only one that's not in there was Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic 3, I think, because something to do with the licensing issue with music or something. 
But you could get Sonic 1 and 2, and it was like $1.99 or something. Like something ridiculous. You you mean so, that actually makes sense for the fact that it's just an emulated copy of a game that hasn't existed for 30 years? 100%. You can, And then on, on Switch, I know, they have this same collection. They just didn't do it like individual games, but it was something like you pay $20 and you just get all 40 Sega Genesis games. So like whatever, it's 50 cents a piece, here you go. And again, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and and the like is on there. And it's a great collection. Anybody listening to this, if you can still buy that now, please do, even just for Fantasy Star 4 alone, because you can play it on your PC or Switch or whatever. And yeah, it's just an emulated version, but it's got like the save states and everything built in, and it's a more fun experience because, again, you're in a 90s bedroom, which is cool. Yeah, if you have that option and you just want Sonic 2, you'd probably just buy that versus the $40 sonic origins collection for like uh, some people would and sega doesn't want to lose that money yeah i mean it it seemed like it was you know wishful thinking that we were going to be able to keep having like decent deals because let's be honest yeah you're right like the genesis collection was actually pretty sweet for what it was and now it just seems like Sega is turning into, I guess it's their turn in the same way that every company seems to have their turn where they decide, okay, we've been nice enough for a while. Now you got to pay us back for that, which is such a weird way of looking. But like, I mean, you you look at what a lot of companies like, I don't know, <laughs> Netflix is doing right now where, right. you know, you take all the goodwill that you've developed over years and years and just go, all right, we're done being good. Now you're just going to all hate us. And you know, in pro wrestling, a heel turn can sometimes make a company more money. Um, in this industry, I don't know if that works the same way. Because, I, I mean, there probably is a baby face that'll, you know, turn the corner and be like, we're actually the good guy. And we'll be like, yeah, we'll give you money. But then the bad guy doesn't actually make them. I don't think Sega understands how this works. No, Sega doesn't. Sega is just digging themselves a hole. And I think they're just hoping... That with all this backlash, so like there's enough Sonic fans out there that will still buy this. And then eventually it'll go on sale and the rest of them will just buy it and forget this horrible thing ever happened. I think that's what they're hoping for. Because they're, they're also been very quiet, I feel. Because I don't think Sega even announced this. I think it's just like it came out that this is happening. Like people have noticed they're getting delisted kind of quietly. Yeah, that's kind of the thing now. Like, it's so funny when you watch companies like in general try to like hide stuff in secrecy. Like we're, we obviously know now that like a couple of games on the PlayStation premium backend are already starting to pop up. They really seem to think that they can always do this in secrecy. And it's like, no, everybody is looking for that next thing. So like if Sega thought that this was going to quietly happen and no one would notice, it's like, guys, even if we didn't notice until the day of, we still would have noticed and would have been, um, what, wh- what the fuck guys? Oh yeah. Oh, so they're, they're, they're definitely caught with this. I feel like it won't be as bad. It's bad for like the image of the company for sure. I think that everybody who wanted those older, like the Sega Genesis collection or Sonic one and two on, buying it on whatever store you can buy it on. I think everybody who wanted it already got it. I don't think anybody was holding out to buy the like $4 version of Sonic 2. Like, no, no, I'll wait till it's on sale. Because first of all, it's been on sale like a thousand times. Um, So in the end, I don't think it's going to hurt many customers officially, but I think it's a very bad image 
for Sega. Well, and, and, and you're right. It's not going to really affect the sales as a whole. But the problem is, is that now people have their guard up. And I mean, yes. you've done this twice now in a week, essentially. Because, again, as we talked about, you know, last week with the pre-ordering and the deluxe edition chicanery that they were pulling, it really felt like we were going back to, like, the the early 2010s where it was just an absolute mess every time a game came out. Now we're coming yep. back to, you know, similar practices where, again, we're just seeing pure greed. And we're just seeing a company go out there and being like, hey, instead of just leaving things alone, because that would be so much easier... Now we're going to start doing all these little things. And people are looking at that being like, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. The deluxe edition, it's cool and all, but to do it the way that they did, they didn't have to do that. They could have just done, hey guys, here's a premium edition. And here's like all the bobs and whistles it comes with. And we'd be like, all right, that's weird. But hey, it's only five extra dollars. Who cares? But because of like all the weird setup of how it was all designed, like that's where the problem is. And in this case... Is it that big a deal that all these games are being delisted? Maybe not, but it's also something that we're looking at and being like, guys, you don't have to do this. Like, we love Sonic. We'll just buy the collection. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. You don't yeah. have to suddenly just take the like single version of the games off store shelves. It makes no sense. It'd be like if all of a sudden, like back in the day, if Mass Effect 3, or not Mass Effect, uh, well, I guess Mass Effect, no, the Legendary Collection with all three games, if all of a sudden they said, hey, you can't buy one, two, and three separately anymore. And we'd be like, why? Yeah. And this is a similar case where, sure, is anybody really hurt that you might not be able to buy Sonic 2 on Steam? Probably not. But the question is still, why though? Why does it have to be taken down? Yeah, because it was going to be Sonic fans who bought the Origins collection anyways. Nobody was holding out five years ago from buying the Sega Genesis collection. They're like, no, no, they'll one day be like a Sonic collection. I want that. Like, so You could have that. Yes. You could literally sell them for free on Steam and people will still buy Origins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this seems to be kind of going on in the market. Like the retro, and this is all still relevant for this podcast because it's like uh, Grand Theft Auto. They just came out with the the three trilogy the grant yeah the uh, complete edition or whatever the definitive whatever editions of san andreas and vice city and three and they delisted the other three games which were on steam well uh, well, that makes sense because we obviously found that the definitive edition was bad as hell so yeah and then uh, freaking rockstar had to turn around and put the other three games back on because everyone was like these are crap please give us the original games we'll buy them any yeah. like even even if like let's let's say Sonic Origin comes out and it's the best it's the best thing they've put out in forever still why are you taking the stuff down it, yeah, that's it that's just the no thing sense. it doesn't make any sense at all it's it's just a waste of time like even just the clicking of things off a store shelf is a waste like mm-hmm. that's just a waste of somebody had to make a phone call to all these various companies to say that that's already a waste of time. Or even if it's writing an email, somebody literally wasted time just doing this with their fingers. If you can see this on the video version, I'm just making finger movements here. Somebody exerted energy to do this. And it just seems like a pointless endeavor when realistically everybody's going to, anybody who's going to buy this collection is going to buy it, whether or not it's on a, you know, the original copies are cheap on a store shelf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like even me being pissed off at the chart and all of the weirdness, all that's happened, like me, big Sonic fan, I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait until there's just like 
whatever they the, this settles, they figure out whatever the edition is, and then there's a sale. And maybe that deluxe edition eventually just has all the DLC available for it, and it's half off. Fine, maybe I'll grab it. Like I'm now just delaying a day one purchase into a much later on purchase. Yeah, that's the but biggest downside right now is that they're just they're going to force a lot of people to be like, you know what, I'm going to get you at some point, but now I have no reason to get this day one because you don't deserve the full price for me. No, absolutely not. Or just all the like, I, I can't even tell what's going on with the freaking chart for all the DLC. So I assume hopefully once the actual game's out, there'll be some sort of, I don't know, it'll settle and maybe all the DLC will just get combined into one or there'll be some sort of like, origins complete edition or something i don't know something where all the dlc crap is just put all together and it's no longer an issue and maybe it's you know half the price and then cool i'm in i'll buy it i'll play it i may even buy it twice who knows i mean we'll, we'll all love it because i mean on, like i said like I, I probably i can't remember if i said this last week i might have even said this on pixel play so i'm not i'm not really sure but you can't screw this up no like this is like GTA was an actual like full on like sort of remastering like that actually took some real effort to do. This really isn't taking much. Like it looks like they no. sharpened it up and made it a little bit more brighter, but like otherwise they're not changing much. It, you know, it's it's an old Genesis game. The coding is not going to suddenly like wither and die. So you, you really can't mess this up. So all you were doing now is just taking PR hits and that's still important. You know, a lot of people try to pretend that, you know, any PR is good PR. No, I, I in this no. case, I disagree because, I mean, sure, they're going to make their money. It's not like they're not going to make a profit off of this package because I guarantee you it isn't costing them much to put this together. They've probably spent more on the advertising than they probably did with most of the work getting this game ready. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and probably just working with uh, the team who did Sonic Mania. Like, it was probably more time of, like, discussion that compared to overall, like, coding yeah. and all that kind of like, stuff. Like it's not to For say sure. that there wasn't work put into it and we know that there's going to there's a, there's oh, work yeah. put into it because the people that were working on it are actually passionate about this thing so yeah. You know it's at least going to have effort put in there. But like this isn't, you know, them taking Sonic 1 and and building it like it's a like it's, you know, a Sonic Generation game. It's taking the originals, kind of polishing them up. I think they've they've made the levels a little more like what Mania is if I'm not mistaken, unless I've misread into that. I think so. I think in the um, they have like the classic mode, which is just basically the emulated versions, and then in the port versions, which aren't just emulated. And I know they've changed it to widescreen, got rid of lives. Um, I'm pretty sure they've added the like extra moves that Sonic has from all the games, and kind of like even if you're in Sonic One before the so like the spin dash existed, they've added that in some of the animations. I think from Sonic Mania of like Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and whatnot have been added in um and i yeah so i don't know if they've made changes to the level design itself but they've definitely changed up like the animations and and all of that and some of the movesets and yeah. stuff yeah but either way like this was such an easy slam dunk for sega to put out and now we have two instances where we're looking at this being like really we we just we couldn't we couldn't go like not even like not even a day after the announcement, we already had the chart. A week later, now now we have the delisting. So it's it's just frustrating. Yeah, it, absolutely. Hopefully, this is the last bit of news we'll have of this until it releases. Seven and days then... later, we come back on air and we're <laughs> like, oh, for God's sakes! Sega has decided any child born with the name Sonic must die. Like it's gonna be Sonic. no, it'll it'll just be they put Shadow in the game now. <laughs> I mean, hmm. 
they did that right. Like as a side character, I don't know. I don't even know at this point. That was the best I, I could do to make a joke at this point. I have to lighten this up. So I, I yeah. tried, but Sega's not making it easy for me. However, PlayStation might be making it easy because it sounds like based on a twit or not a twit, a, a tweet. I wanted to say Twitter and tweet at the same time and brain did not let that go well. So we have a tweet from Garrett Fredley is his name saying that today is my first day as a senior build engineer at PlayStation working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. Game preservation was my first career passion. So I'm ecstatic that I get to go back to these roots. Uh, I'm also taking from an article from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN where they mentioned uh, PlayStation Studios global QA manager Mike Bishop hired Fredley and said in another post, presumably about the same team, that the day-to-day focus is on IP preservation for the business, ensuring that titles of today are captured, catalog, and secure for the games industry of tomorrow. Uh, with Fredley being an initial hire, the preservation team still appears to be in its early stages, but will seemingly focus on ensuring the longevity of PlayStation games of date as far back as 1994 when the original console was released. So... It's hard to get a sense of what preservation necessarily means, but we can basically assume that it's probably both. It's probably both, you know, making it so that their entire history is going to be available in some capacity. And then, you know, they're going to make sure that whatever they're building now, like obviously Horizon Forbidden West, soon to be God of War Ragnarok and whatever else comes out from their first party studios is they're going to make sure that there's always going to be some way that in the future, these games can be pulled from. Basically, they're going to make sure that these aren't going to get lost to time, which yes. I can't imagine on this retro podcast we would ever be not in favor of. <laughs> I hate this. I hate retro games. <laughs> I, I hate it when games actually get to live long. Yeah, no. And I, this, I saw this news uh, earlier today, and my first thought was, okay, so this is amazing. I know that Xbox has been trying to push this because Xbox has really been pushing like from Xbox One or not Xbox One. Oh my God, Xbox, your stupid fucking naming convention. <laughs> the first Xbox <laughs> all the way up until Xbox Series, like most of the games you can just play. And in fact, they're getting updates to 4K, 60 FPS, that kind of stuff, which is fantastic. Sony doing this, if they... I know they're going to have trouble with PS3. That is like the hardest system in the friggin' world to to get this going. But even if they could just figure out PS1, PS2, PS4, PS5, and going forward, and everything going forward is always going to be backwards compatible or at least playable in some way. Like, it's taking what Xbox is doing, but it's doing it with a much more robust and, and, and exciting library in my opinion because if you think if i think of like oh games of like the 2000s and before like what's great nintendo's obviously on there because they they're around their first right they just had so much of a head start playstation's like number two or sony i guess like xbox the the backlog it's like oh fusion frenzy that's cool or the halos but even halos like the very important games in in Microsoft history pretty much have been brought back in things like the Master Chief Collection and whatnot. Like, I'm there's not really any Xbox game that wasn't like a, a like uh, that was an exclusive that I really like. Oh, I need that PlayStation, especially PS1, PS2 era. There is there was so many PS1 and PS2 exclusives, or just it had the much better version of the game that I like. I would want to get be able to get my hands on. 
So whether it's through a subscription service or even it's available in their stores or it's they've got it figured out where there's at least just some way to preserve these games. So 10 years from now, if I want to go back and have a look at Legend of Dragoon, I can go back and have a look at uh, Radiata Stories if it's there. I know that's Square Enix, so it would be up to their, them as well. But if that is there, like that's kind of what everybody's been fighting for. It's not necessarily about being able to play every single game. It's about preserving them so they're not lost to time, just like movies. There's somebody guaranteed that wants to watch The Wizard of Oz, even though that movie's from 1939. Like, imagine that was just lost because the technology of a movie reel was gone. The world would lose its shit, and, and gaming is and will get more the same way. So this is super, super exciting, at least it, it, like in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the potential of, at this point, like you said, a lot of like the big names, like, because I mean, you can't assume everything's going to be saved because, I mean, you think about it even just from a historical aspect, there are so many things in in the entire history of this planet that we will never know even existed because we don't have any record of it. So there's so much out there in that aspect. And that's, you know, we're talking billions of years. In this case, we're not even really like more than a century into gaming. In fact, uh, yeah, at this point, we're not even we're not even in a full century of gaming still because we're not even hitting 100 years of Pong yet. So, yeah. well, I, well, not that Pong's the first game, but that's the one that everybody kind of just knows is kind of yeah. like the default. Um, yeah. So there really is a point where like, yeah, there are like historical museums for gaming, but it's not like to the same extent that we look at, say, like, you know, um, What's the what's the big museum that starts with an M? I'm I don't know why I'm blanking. Like neither museum did like a movie in it. I feel like you're thinking the Smithsonian. Oh, the Smithsonian. Okay, so maybe I'm just thinking M because I don't know museum. Dumb brain. Or but, it's it's a very powerful M in the word Smithsonian. It's like right there. The maybe maybe it's the other M. That's the best you know gaming comparison I can uh, make it to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. We obviously aren't at a point now where too much is getting lost, but at the very least now, because we are hitting, you know, we're plus generations, especially with PlayStation alone, we are now in five generations of PlayStation. It's very easy for things to vanish. People make it seem like, you know, everything's going to be kept forever. But apart from like fans that do what they do, it doesn't really mean much in the end because they can't distribute it the same way that say a publisher can. So with Sony putting an effort into this that suddenly makes it that it's a lot more possible that things are going to be easily accessible to everyone not just somebody who knows where to look on the internet because that's not the same thing you know if say the premium edition of playstation plus ends up being because of this team and you know further down the road as they continue to preserve stuff going forward assuming that's what they're doing you know we're not going to have situations now where you know you're going to get two generations into a into a console since a game came out, and you're never going to be able to find a way to play it again unless you have a functioning original console. And especially now with uh, digital becoming a possibility of just things never being able to have a copy ever again, you know, this is where the preservation team might be able to come in handy too. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that this is going to include that every game from now on that's ever been on PlayStation is always going to be on a storefront. It just means that, hey... If it's ever off a storefront, there is the potential that it can be brought back if they're if they feel like there's a demand there. And I think yeah. that's a, an important part too going forward because there are eventually going to be games like at some point. I think there are d- physical copies of Bug Snacks, but realistically, 
Bug Snacks is eventually going to be a game that is going to be lost to time for the most part because of it being a mostly digital experience because most people got it through being free on PlayStation Plus. So what yeah. does that mean in, say, two, assuming we get to a PS7, what does that mean for Bug Snacks? Not really sure at this point because we don't know what that future holds, but at the very least with a preservation team, it leads the opportunity that it might not necessarily just be gone unless somebody decides, oh... There's a new market of children that might want to play this. So let's throw it out there for $50 again. Yeah. Yeah. And then they remaster and resell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is very exciting. I, I think that this is good where even if we can't fully preserve the past, at least going forward, we're all like all the big gaming companies are paying attention. They're looking and they're going to try. And well, that's a lot better than what it was because before it was like you'd go from PS3 to PS4 and it was like, yeah, everything for before is gone. Whatever you had on your PS3, keep your PS3 because it's it's gone. And it's like, whoa, like why do we all of a sudden not care? And I know that's the way it was before. You had a Nintendo, you bought the Super Nintendo. It's like, yeah, that's your old library. That's gone. Here's your Super Nintendo. Play these games now. And then it was only eventually once we got into like the third and bit generation, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, like, I don't want to get rid of my SNES because how am I going to play Final Fantasy VI? How am I going to play Chrono Trigger? How am I going to play whatever? So it's good that we're all paying attention or these companies are paying attention. So very, very good on Sony. Well, and the, and the idea too now is that like you look at what PS4 and PS5's transition has been, it's been seamless. Same goes for Xbox One and yes. Xbox Series S and X. You took basically everything with you. And even beyond that, if you didn't even have a PS4, they had the PlayStation Plus collection so you could get the stuff that you missed. Yes. At a pretty decent price. So we're seeing now that at the very least, companies are paying attention to the fact that it is a bit of a crossroads for some gamers, especially if you can only afford so much that you don't exactly want to suddenly buy a new console too early because now all of a sudden you might lose everything that you've built for for the past five to seven to eight, maybe sometimes even 10 years. So now, at the very least, there's a transition point. Customers can feel more comfortable. And if this also leads to, again, as we're on a retro show, if this leads to more PS1, 2, 3, PSP, maybe even Vita down the line, who knows? But like, if this means that customers can now safely put their old consoles, put the old copies of their discs in a box and store it you know, as like a time capsule for the rest of their lives and not have to think too hard about, oh, but if I get rid of this, I may never be able to play this again. If it leads to at least a little bit more of a relaxation in the minds of gamers, I already think that's a plus. And if there happen to be more bonuses beyond that, then we get to look forward to, to the spoils later. Yeah, and it'll help Sony, Xbox, Nintendo jumps on board with this. It'll help all of them because, like you just mentioned, there is that panic when it's like you're going from the PS4 to PS5. It's like, should I upgrade because I, you know, I don't want to lose all my previous games? And it's and I like PS3 to PS4 had this issue where, but as you mentioned, PS4 to PS5, seamless. There's anybody who had a PS4 had no reason to not go to a PS5 if they could afford it in that moment. They lost nothing. It was only an upgrade, only a bonus, no sacrifice required. You'll lose nothing. You can carry it with you. And that is huge for sales because it won't hold any customers back besides, of course, the, the actual price, which is like normal. You can't help that no matter what. Yeah, because a lot of gamers will end up trading in their consoles too. So yes. I, I cannot imagine being like, if I was my age back when I was a PS2 gamer, I could never imagine trading in my PS2. 
I don't mm-hmm. think I, I've never traded in a console because that's kind of how my brain works anyway. But like, if I had to, I would be looking at my collection being like, there's no goddamn way I'm doing that. Like my shelf of PS2 games alone, there's no fucking way I'm going to get rid of that thing because I know I'm never going to be able to play these games again. Yeah, now, I wish now, I granted, had I think most of these consoles, you were able to backwards compatible with those discs. Actually, I don't remember. Did PS3 do uh, past discs? So it was interesting with PS3. The very first edition that came out that was like $700 Canadian or whatever the ridiculous price was, it was that price because it also had a PS1 and PS2. Um, it wasn't emulated either. Like, I think it actually had the necessary parts just to run. Is that PS2 why that thing was PS1. so friggin' bulky then? Yes, and that's why it was so bulky. Uh, and then later on, to cut the cost down, they removed the PS2 part. The PS1 part, I think, cost them like $15. It would, they were like, it's fine, like we can keep that in. So PS3s can all run native PS1 games, no problem. But whether it'll play a PS2 game depends on which generation of PS3 you have or which so, I mean, ver- there, there you version. go. So in most cases, you will be able to have some bit of a transition. But again, like it is also that nervousness too that people have. So hopefully with whatever the preservation team is, because I mean, we don't have official confirmation on what specifically that means. I'm sure Sony at some point will blog post that. So we'll we'll know more as we go. We'll obviously talk about it further then. But for now, just the news of that is, you know, whatever it may be in the future, it's just something that, you know, we can look at and be like, okay, cool. That's going to probably mean nothing but good things. I Like you sit there and you wonder, what can a preservation team be that isn't good for us? Yeah, right. There's There's nothing bad that can be about this. Maybe the anti-preservation team. It's preservation of our profits. Maybe that. Maybe that's really what it meant. <laughs> Actually, the yeah, yeah. That could, I guess that could do it. Although they'd go hand in hand, in my opinion. Well, I mean, were... the preservation team right now in Sony is just basically all of their developers because that's what's keeping the profits going. So I don't think they really need a separate team for that. So I, I think we have a, we. I think we have reason to believe it has to do with either retro gaming or at least being able to keep things for what ends up being retro in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of things being retro, it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to discuss, but mostly just, you know, hate ourselves for the fact that we are not, you know, 16 anymore. I hate you. So this week in (laughs) We're Old, starting with the 22nd of April, I actually mentioned this game not too long ago when we were talking about like the first games we remembered. So in 1989 in Japan for the Sega Genesis, Tommy Lasorda's baseball made his made his release. That piece of shit baseball game that I that I no told way. you somehow my first game. <laughs> or at least the first game I remember. Yeah, that was definitely in a bargain bin. There's no way that <laughs> I just found that one was funny, but there's not much else in the 22nd, so I had to go with it. Yeah, it's perfect. The 23rd, we have two. So in 2002 for PS2, Xbox, and GameCube in North America, because, hey, we're both Canadians here on the show, and we're all happy that our team's in the World Cup. 2002 FIFA World Cup was out there, which a lot of people will probably remember. I believe that was the South Africa tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think it was, yeah. That was, oh, that was probably like, a good is, one. is that the one where Waving Flag was in our heads for, like, at least a year? Oh, uh, no, that may have been slight. I think Waving Flag was around like 2008. I don't know. I think that's just the song know. I associate with any World Cup now because I still can't get oh, that friggin' absolutely. song out of my head. They come out with a new one every World Cup or Euro Cup, and it's like a new song by Shakira, and it's like the official World Cup song, and everybody's just like, eh, it's not Waving Flag. Either, either that or that really <laughs> sappy song they did at the 2010 uh, Winter Olympics where it was like that Canadian girl. Oh, yeah. I don't want to even sing it because I don't want to have to get too much of it in my head. Also, I wouldn't want to torture our fans any more than I have to because I'm already telling them how old they are. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I like. I already hate you for you telling me this because I don't want to upset the fans. Well, you maybe maybe you'll like me more when I go on to this one. So we go all the way down to 1985 for the other entry on this list for the nice. PC in North America. One of my personal favorites because this is like MS DOS days. Where oh, yeah. in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, that was such a good game. Oh, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Where in the world is <laughs> Carmen San Diego? <laughs> I was Even worried I wasn't going to be able to get that low. That t- that takes a that lot. Was that was low. Yeah, man. That was Ooh, good. That took gotta, effort. You got to start singing. You got to start singing. Nah. Or radio or something. Nah. <laughs> but yeah. I love that, that game. That, oh. Now that game... If if you actually go back and play it, most of it's kind of just weird how it designs it. But hey, it was 1985. You can only expect so much. Yeah, like even to run the game wasn't like double click on it and it'll launch. Honestly, that like would be a in. really cool game to do now. Honestly, with the Wordle trend, you could actually use Carmen San Diego as a cool thing to do like geography Wordle stuff. Oh, how do we quickly buy the rights for a very cheap price to Carmen San Diego? Uh, I don't know. It's you. You have more money than me. That's your job. I just don't even know who to reach out to. Uh, well, like, find Carmen? where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Start there. <laughs> Literally, the real life version of the game is to find the actual game. Exactly. I mean, I'm on board. Anyways, moving on to the 24th of April, we have two games here in 2000 in North America for the Game Boy Color. Um, Metal Gear Solid, which I believe in Japan was known as Metal Gear Ghost Babel or Babel. What? So yeah, I didn't even realize that it came out on that. So yeah, there, there's again sometimes games get a little bit weird when Japan kind of translate things over to us. So yeah, there's a Metal Gear Solid game on Game Boy that got brought over here, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Ghost Babel in in Japan. But they went, oh, they won't know what a babble is we got to call it metal gear solid so that way they don't get confused (laughs) just like when they were like oh final fantasy 2 is too hard let's just not give them that three is too hard too all right well four is actually not too bad i think they can handle four but they're going to be so confused if we just send it out as final fantasy 4 just call it two it won't be complicated 30 years from now uh true final fantasy people get it they know we know well, we know now, but it took a while. It did. It did. And, and if you're I in believe- Europe, it took even longer because I think you had like a break between one and seven. Yeah, seven was the first one, I think, in Europe, which is insane. So, what the you heck? know, Final yeah. Fantasy, not as, as, as crazy as Kingdom Hearts, but still crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, other one on the list in Japan for the Super Nintendo in 1998, Mega Man and Base, which to my knowledge might be the first game in Mega Man that didn't have, or that had a second playable character that wasn't Mega Man. I'm not yeah. 100% certain on that, but I'm pretty sure. Because I don't think Zero had his own game at that point. No. I think you could play as Proto Man in one of the old Mega Mans. I don't remember. Maybe not. Maybe he just showed up a lot and I'm thinking you could play as him. Now, if anyone's confused, why would they call him Bass? I'm like, well, if you know the Japanese <laughs> version, it's actually Rockman. So Rock and Bass, and when there's also yep. Treble, as I think yep. the, the Purple Wolf uh, robot, I believe. Yep. So like, yep. yeah, the guy, the, guy, the guy that created the series kind of just had a, had a pretty big interest in rock music. So, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it was even one of the 
Mega Man X's, all the bosses were based off of Guns N' Roses. Like, <laughs> he was really into music, that guy. Well, rock music. Well, yeah. sometimes you get at a point in a Mega Man game where, you know, you, you can't beat any of the other bosses, so you're sitting there looking at the screen going, where do I go now? <laughs> that's exactly how it went. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what they were thinking. Yeah. Uh, anyways, 25th, four games on the list. In Japan, you don't get to hear these too often. We're actually going to Japan as a later date, but in Japan in 2002 on, on the 25th, they got the original Halo for the first time. So the original date oh, for wow. us was November 15th, 2001, but Japan did not see this copy until April. And for those wondering, how is that a thing? Usually it's only ever Japan that doesn't release stuff to us on time. Um, the high, here's, here's a stat that I, I found out recently. The highest percentage of console share ever in Japan between any generation with Xbox, the best they ever did was the 360, and it only had 7% of consoles in Japan. That was the best they've been able to do. Xbox in Japan doesn't work. No. I wonder if the Series X or S is going to change that. I wonder. They do have, they're constantly having a, a Japan push, like where they're getting. They're, tr- they're very, really trying. They're trying. Like they'll have like an actual showcase of games coming to Game Pass. It's like strictly for Japan. Like here's all our anime games. Here's the JRPGs. They're, I feel like they're trying, but yeah, they're not going to get it. If I'm remembering the numbers too that I saw, because it showed every generation, I think the, the Xbox One actually did the worst out of the three of them. So. Oh, I'd imagine, yeah. I mean, PS4 was like a ridiculous hub for Japanese content, yeah, so it's yeah, not really PS4. that surprising. Yeah. Uh, a couple of random ones. We Actually, I say one random one. The other two are actually pretty big. Uh, in 2000 for PC North America, you know, because I know Chris likes his tycoon games. Airport Tycoon was released. I would have loved playing that. I'm going to search for it after this podcast. <laughs> See, I knew I knew you would be interested. And then we get to some oldie but goodies. Uh, 1989, these are both NES games in Japan. So first one in 1989, River City Ransom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which everybody knows because it's the game, I believe, where infamously you see your girlfriend get punched in the stomach and then carried away, which, you know, in those days would have been fine. Might not have gotten over so well. She, like, kidnapped what? No, no. Women never get kidnapped in games back in those days. <laughs> they were just in other castles. Yeah, that's true. I don't, and, if anybody gets kidnapped, they're probably getting punched in the stomach before getting... Because you want to knock them the frick out and no, then carry them off. No, no. In the 80s, Chris, women couldn't fight. That was the rule in games. Right. She just made it. It was a guy and a girl. All Peach that's could the do, easiest way. All Peach could do was float and throw vegetables at people. That was all she was capable of, okay? Yeah, they really made Peach useless. And then Mario RPG came around and she was like, I'm going to hit you with a frying pan. <laughs> oh, they're like, we're really going to go home with this idea. She has a frying pan. Or I'm going to slap you, but my hand's going to expand 10 times its size. This is going to hurt. Oh, she uses a frying pan and slaps people. Oh, Japan. Get in the kitchen, Peach. Jeez, there was no innuendo <laughs> with that, was there? But anyways... Enough about the se- the rampant sexism in the past. Uh, 1986, the other release that was on the NES in Japan in those days, Gradius or Gradius, can't remember the pronunciation. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah I never actually game. played any of those games. It's always been like the 
the, the ship flying games, like whether it's, you know, in a 3D space or whether it's side scroll, I, those are the games that for some reason I never got into. Like all those, I'm trying to think of the ones that like are notable for being like massive bullet hells. Like I've never really played many of those either. I played a bunch. I can't remember most of their names. I definitely played Gradius. Um, I do enjoy bullet hells until I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely done playing this bullet hell i'm done i'm so stressed out the switch actually has like a third party controller where the switch goes in sideways into it so it's actually like elongated like the traditional bullet hell screen and people play it that way looks very very cool but i know i'd play that for like 45 minutes and be like i'm so stressed out i'm never turning this game on again i'm done no no yeah but yeah, that's uh that would be the 25th. So we get to the 26th now. We have two Mega Man games and one more game, which I think you're going to be really happy about when we get to that end. But mm-hmm. uh I mentioned Zero earlier. Well, in 2002 for the Game Boy Advance Japan, Mega Man Zero came out. So the first of those Ooh. Zero games, which I th- yeah. I never played those either, but I heard a lot of good things about them, but I didn't play a lot of handheld yeah. games in those days, so Yeah, same. I that I wasn't into handheld at that at that point. Again, and, like I was before, but I died off. Yeah. I mean, I played Mega. I think the only Mega Man games I played around that time, even anyway, was Command Mission for the PS2, and then the Battle Network games. I think the first two, and then after that, it was like Pokemon. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up with you. Stop, because I think there's yeah. like six Mega Man Battle Networks now. Oh jeez, yeah, if not I more, not I might even be. There might be more than six now, so who knows? Oh, um, in '96 for the PS1 and Sega Saturn, this is this is a port, so it's not the official release. But in Japan, Mega Man X3 was released for those two consoles. The original date was December 1st, '95 for the Super Nintendo. I didn't know that it got re-released on those consoles. That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense in the same way that like we yeah. got a lot of Final Fantasy games where you, like those games you eventually mm-hmm. tried to. Especially now, the PlayStation is the surprising part. But then again. Some of the X games did eventually come out on PlayStation as well, but the Saturn made perfect sense, so that one didn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. But then your personal favorite, we go all the way back to 1991 in Japan for the Super Nintendo. Originally came out February 2nd, 1989 for the Mac and Amiga systems, but SimCity. What? Oh, God, it's one of my favorite franchises. I can't even lie to you. The other day, I was doing work around the house, and I was listening to a SimCity playlist. Do, do, yeah. do, do, Oh, I was, yeah, I think I was specifically listening to the Super Nintendo one, but my God, that game, there's something about it that's just so relaxing. Definitely the music, but also just the concept of, like, let's build a city. Cool. Absolutely. There's not, it's, oh, God. Now, we don't oh. talk about the last time they tried to make a SimCity game, so we'll not think about it- that. We'll just go back to the original, which was good, okay? We're yeah, done. the original. Now that I'm and, a- like, City Skylines. We'll just skip there. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm about to do something that's a little uh, unusual. I am not going to do the 27th, and there's a reason for that. So I'm going to go with the 28th first. So today, on this day, three games came out. First, in 2001 in Japan on the PlayStation 2, Gran Turismo A-Spec. Nice. Which I, you know, we, 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 if we try not to talk about new stuff on the show, but man, the Gran Turismo stuff currently is really pissing me off. And I'm, I'm at least happy now because it means now I, ha- now I can easily wait until it drops in price because I ain't giving the money with the way it sounds like that game is being done. Yeah, same. Uh, let's Thanks. see here. In 1993 for Japan, uh, Super Nintendo Super Bomberman. Oh, Super... Oh, I love... 
multiplayer Bomberman. Any kind of multiplayer version of Bomberman is so much fun to play with people. And then lastly, uh, as I try to pull this up here, I'm actually going to send you this in a second over Discord. So, because there's a reason for it. You've probably never heard of this game, but I just found it really interesting because I, I, th I thought of something completely different when I heard the name. But a 19, actually, I lost the thing here. Where did you go? Get back here. There we are. Uh, in 1989 for the NES in Japan, a game that reminds most people of not a video game. Uh, here is the picture for you, Chris. I'm going to try to get this up on screen as well for people if I can. But uh, there's a game called Holy Diver that came out. And does that image that I not just sent you look like a Ronnie James Dio album cover? What am I looking at here? But yes, you are 100% correct. I'm, I'm going to try to zoom in a little. Not that zoomed out. Why? Okay, that's the best I can do for you guys in the video feed here on YouTube. Tell me that that does not look like an actual Dio album cover. This 100% is on vinyl somewhere. This image exactly is on vinyl. There's no way. Now, as, as I look up <laughs> what this game actually was, because I did sort of research it, um... Here is the story, and again, tell me this does not sound like a Ronnie James Dio album. I'm going to even try to, like, I'm going to do a little bit of extra actoring for this. Oh, I like it. It is the 666th year for the world of magic, and the Crimson Kingdom is facing destruction at the hands of the Black Slayer, Demon King of the Underground Dark Empire. Re realizing that his days are numbered, the 16th Crimson Empire, Ronnie the Fourth. See, it is what whoever made this game is a Dio fan. There's no way they weren't. Ronnie Four decides to entrust his two infant sons, Randy and Zach, as in Randy Rhodes and Zach Wild, mm -hmm. to his faithful servant, Ozzy. Okay, what the hell's going on here? With Slayer's forces closing in, Ozzy, Randy, and Zach escape to another dimension with the hope of eventually bringing light back to the world. Holy dive! <laughs> that, oh my god. Yeah, no, it is. The fact that, that this exists, I now need to play this somehow. Yeah. You, yeah. This is Apparently where... this was released worldwide in 2018, and I need to know where because I need to know what this is. 2018? That's what Wikipedia says. We have to find it. I need to, to know do... because I need to literally play this game with having just every Dio album in existence just playing in the background. 100%. God, that sounds amazing. I saw, I saw that and I went... There, okay, I know this has nothing to do with a Dio track. And then I looked at the Wikipedia page for it and went, it's a fucking Dio game, except it's not. <laughs> what is it's happening? Yeah, it's just, it's just extremely, like, spiritual, like, spiritually inspired by, like, come on, it's, it's just that. <laughs> so that was insane. But then we get to going, like I said earlier, we skipped a day. We go to the 27th. And the reason that I, I let this alone is because I said in the Discord to privately, uh, Chris and Kaylin, our, play, our Pixel Play other co-host, that who like everyone was going to hate this day because if you ever wanted to test in how old you are, this day is chock full of it. There are eight things I have for you on this list. So apparently in history, right. April 27th was a hell of a day for people. I think I know one. I think I know one. I'm willing to let you guess this because I want to know if you know. Okay. So go ahead. I, uh, Kirby's Dreamland. That is one of them. 1992, yeah. Kirby's Dreamland in Japan was released for the Game Boy. And I only know that because it's the 30th anniversary. 
And I know that there was talks of like, will Nintendo do something? And I don't think they, well, I mean, they released a Kirby game. I guess that's it. So would you like to know the seven other things that happened on this day? This day's crazy. Okay, so, yes. So I do. starting from the top, 2001, this is specifically in Europe. Its original release day was October 5th of 2000 in Japan. But in Europe for the Dreamcast, Skies of Arcadia was released, which we literally talked about last week, ironically enough. We did. And that makes it 21 years old. Cool. That makes me feel great. In 2000, for the <laughs> PS1 in Japan, Breath of Fire 4 was released. Four? Yep. Oh my God. This is, I am old. It's getting, it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Because also in 2000, for the N64 in Japan, a certain Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask was released. No big deal. Oh my god, that makes that game 22. Oh my god. Yeah. And then the, the, the year prior, 1999, for the N64 in North America. Us. This was mm-hmm. ours. This was ours. Super Smash Brothers. Oh, man. The amount of hours I put into that cartridge. Mm-hmm. Also, how old am I? Oh, my God. And then in 1994 in Japan, also for the N64, Star Fox 64. Oh, my God. Is today like Nintendo Day or something? Well, actually, no, Breath of Fire. Oh, there is a really important thing that happened in 1994. So a certain studio opened, and a lot of people will have heard of this studio if you grew up in the days of especially... Uh, the PS1 era, era, the PS2 era. The company was Midway Home Entertainment Incorporated. 1994, they were founded. If you want a list wow. of games that they partook in, well, here's a small list that I put together because it was massive. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man, Tron, Spy Hunter, Total, like, um, Total Carnage, a.k.a., you know... Greatest ever. Uh, not Maximum Carnage. I believe Total Carnage was oh. a... Um, oh my god, why am I blank? Okay, this this is where Google comes in handy because I know I, I really should have remembered what this was and why am I blanking on it now? Yeah, I thought you were talking about Maximum Carnage. Oh, I think I might have mixed something. Okay, so Total Carnage isn't a game that exists, but it's not the thing I thought it was. Never mind. Oh, well, let's just move on to other important things like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I know them for Mortal Kombat. For uh, sure. NBA Jam. Oh, right. Killer Instinct. Yeah, okay. Cruising USA. Holy crap. Uh, And also the NFL Blitz and NHL Hits games they were a part of. Ah. The last thing that they ever made here, here, this is where it gets funny. You know what the last game they ever, their name was attached to was? Do you remember in 2009, Wheelman, that Vin Diesel game? Yeah. No. That's the last thing they did (laughs) before they were closed in 2010. Oh, they should have just kept doing the good stuff that they're already doing. Well, they were. And then like a lot of studios in those days, like, like think of Acclaim, for example. That's a name that we all remember. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, That was 94. You already got the 92 with Kirby's Dreamland. So I saved the best for last. mm -hmm. Although technically we have no idea what this is because it took 16 years for us to have this. What? We didn't see this until November 14th of 2006, but in 1990 for the NES in Japan, Final Fantasy III was born. Wow. Holy So remember that thing I mentioned about Final Fantasy being complicated? Yeah. (laughs) And we didn't even have the original. We still to this day don't have the original version. Yep. We had the, it was like a 3D DS 
version. I think that's the re- that game might be the reason I bought my DS and you, I got. You want to play the original? Gaming. The best you're getting is the Pixel remasters now. Yeah, that's the closest. Yeah, that's the closest. But yeah, that was one day and just one day in the last. I guess what we're talking 2001 to 19. So in 11 years of span, that's all the stuff that happened. And there was definitely more if I wanted to pull it, but that's a, that's a master list. It's yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. I might have to go in my calendar and put like national game release day and just throw that in my calendar. So that next year I see it and I go, what? This day's important. I don't remember what released, but something did. We've only done this for three weeks, but I'm having a hard time figuring out what day is going to be able to top that. Yeah, I don't think I've day like that's the best one. Eight releases, and they were all solid. And I I could have gone further, but like that would have been pulling a few like off things. But like in terms of things that I went, yeah, everybody's gonna know that, or yeah, that actually sounds important. Like yeah, there wasn't a meme in the there wasn't a Tommy Lasorda baseball or holy dive in there. Like (laughs) none of that. That was just pure, unadulterated, just value. Yeah, including a company that made a ton of stuff that we love. Yeah, or at least yeah. was a part of it. Yeah, like Wheelman, the best game ever made. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so you I, I've we we've definitely made you upset. So now it's time to really test this. Oh. So I have a new game for you. A, no, a new one, like yeah. a brand new that we've never. <laughs> don't even, can't even go in knowing the rules. Well, right? we made we've been making the joke that the show is really just about <laughs> making fun of Square. So I figure, hey, let's have some fun with Square. So I'm going to give you a final, or not a, f- a final, I guess a final feud, a family feud per <laughs> se, of Final Fantasy stuff. So I have two lists in front of me that are courtesy of Nintendo Soup, but I believe okay. this was from uh, Japan that was uh, being done of a countrywide popularity poll by uh, NHK, one of their broadcasters out there. So mm-hmm. I have two polls, and I'm going to get you to try to name, you're going to get three strikes for each of these, the top 10 of each of these categories, that, and they all relate okay. to Final Fantasy. Okay. So we'll I start with the easy ones. So I want you to give me what you think is the top 10 in no order whatsoever. So I'll just tell you if, you know, you get games that count. Okay. So you're just getting, you have to get the top 10 and you have three incorrect answers max that you can go to. Okay. And the first category is just Final Fantasy it's games? It's just games. This is as voted on by Japan, the favored game. Okay. In, Some in, of these in are going to the be entire easy. series. And yes, this does include like mobile games, just so you're aware. Oh, budge. All right. So some of these are going to be easy. Some are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy 1, the original, I assume, is on that list. Eh. Already? It's Holy. 24th out of 30. What? Like, I get it. It's not the best one, but come on, guys. It's like the mid-80s. I don't know. They might, they might have just talked to a bunch of kids for all we know. All right. Okay. So... Not right, to a I great better, start. I better not. I better not start with like what? Okay, Final Fantasy VII. Yes, of course, that is number two. Okay, Final Fantasy XIII because everybody loves lightning in Japan. Tell me it's not. Eh. Oh my god, it's fourteenth. What is happening? Okay, Final Fantasy. You might want to start six. being a little bit careful of your strategy here. Yeah, my strategy sucks. All right, seven. Yeah, you got seven six. already. Six is yeah, three. Six. Okay, four. Also, six is three in America, but we're, again, we're not talking about the complication. We're talking about its placement on this chart. Four. Uh, Yeah, it's eighth. Oh my God. What the hell is before these? What is number one? Uh, ten. They're going to love ten. Ten is number one. 
Okay, okay, that's that makes sense. So you have four out of ten so far. Oh my god, and I've got the first three, because it goes like ten, seven, yeah, ten, seven, six. and six are the top three. And then four is in there. Yeah, four is at eight. So you're missing ten, nine, seven, six, five, and four. Alright, I'm gonna go with eight and nine. Eight is seven and nine is four. So you are now okay. over you are now six of ten. And okay, so you're 14. missing fourteen? You said? Yeah, 14. Yeah, That 14. is fifth. So you now just need to give me one, two... You have three games left you need to give me. Oh, all right. Well, 12? Hey, that's a risky one, but... Oh, I should have gone 12 with 15. So I should have gone with five in order from 10 okay. to one. Actually, no, I'll even give you the, well, I'll give you the answers that you missed. So the answers that you missed was like you said, five. Yeah. And then the other two that you were missing were 11, which actually I was surprised by because that surprises me and 15. So there's probably a recency bias with some people with 15. There has to be. And also it's Japan. Japan does have a weird taste of things. Okay. So here is the order that they gave from 30 up. So in 30, this is all from 30 up. So I'm not going to keep saying the numbers because it's going to get complicated after a while. Yeah. Uh, so in order, it's Record Keeper, the mobile game. Uh, Crystal Chronicles, Echoes of Time. 13-2, mm-hmm. which is insulting to me because it's the only good one in that trilogy. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Then Dissidia 012, Final Fantasy. Crystal Chronicles, Ring of Fates. Then the original Final Fantasy. Dissidia Final Fantasy, Tactics Advance, that also hurts my feelings a little bit because right after it is Lightning Returns, which really hurts my feelings. Lightning Returns shouldn't even be on a list. No. Because it's not even really a Final Fantasy game, let's be honest. If a JRPG actually tells you you can't finish everything, it's not a JRPG, that's that's slander. Uh, Then we get Mobius Final Fantasy, I believe that's a mobile game. It is. Uh, Then there's 10-2. I don't care what anybody says, 10-2 is a lot better than people give it credit for. Yeah, 10-2 is fantastic. Uh, And then there's two, uh, Crystal Chronicles, Type 0, 12, 13, Crisis Core, 3, Tactics. And then we get to the top 10, which is 15, 11, 4, 8, 5, 14, 9, 6, 7, and 10. Japan is a little bit weird, although I imagine the top 10 would not be too different. I North think America. five would have a weird place because I don't think nearly as many people have a fondness of five. I think yeah. seven would probably be the top one because that seems to be what North America has its its uh, irreverence for. Yeah, yeah. I don't think 11 would be on there. So here is the harder one. Oh, fuck. So okay. I'm going to give you five mistakes on this one because you because now here's a poll from one to 75 characters. 75 and i gotta get top 10 and it's just it's just whatever the top 75 is so there's there's a bunch that didn't even make it on the list oh my god so for now i won't even give you the numbers of the ones you get wrong because i don't want to scroll and take up too much time here but Mm -hmm. uh give me the top 10 and i guarantee you you will not finish all 10 of them (laughs) (laughs) great if you can get nine i might just give you the match (laughs) okay all right characters we've got cloud yes that is a ding uh and titus or titus or whatever his name is from that is a ding also cloud was number one titus is number seven okay what he's so uh tifa and Aerith. i just want to throw both of them in there because Aerith is three tifa is nine so you're four for ten tifa is nine all of you who all of you are wrong 
Tifa is number one. I don't know. Oh. Aerith finally swore in the remake. I think that earns her some points now. Oh, no. She's up there. She deserves to be up there. They both <laughs> deserve way above everybody else. All right. So far, so good. But also, I've chosen the obvious. Uh, Terra, Final Fantasy VI? She is not. She is. I, I, I'll oh. give you the number on this one because it's close by. She's 17th. Okay. Wow. So that's at number tough, one. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. All right. Um... Okay, Lightning. I feel like even if they don't like 13, Lightning's got to be on Yeah, there. Lightning. For some reason, Japan loves the broody people, so Lightning makes it. She's number eight. So that puts uh, you at one, two, three, four, five. Yes, five of ten now. Oh, okay. Sephiroth. Like, are they... Is villains on there, too? Eh. What? It's... Se- he's 11th. Oh, he... Oh, come on. It's so close. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I got to throw this one out there because this would be a personal favorite, but Kefka, come on. He's not, but he should be. Okay. Um, he's 43rd. That actually makes me really upset. What? That's a big ad, apparently, according to I Japan. Wanna, I want to see this group of people that they asked this to because I don't trust a single one of them. All right. So what you're at three. Hell? You're at three X's. You got two left, and you're still missing five. Although realistically, it's four that you can probably guess. Actually, you might even not get get one of the other ones, just because you wouldn't. You'd be surprised if this one's on there, but you would know the person. So I'll okay. I'll I'll sort of throw that as being like, hey, it's someone that you wouldn't expect to be here, but it's a well known one. Okay. Uh oh, for fifteen, what's it? Noctis. Noctis on there. Another one that it's really close, but no, he's thirteenth. Uh. So that's, that's X number four. That's so you are down hours. to one more mistake here. Did I say Squall? You did not. Do you want to go with Squall? I would like to go with Squall. He was 14th. You you got like <laughs> you got a bunch of the top 15, but you missed out. I think I'm just showing my age. All right. So you'll probably get mad at a couple of these. So here's okay. the here's the five or the three easy ones out of the five that you missed. A Yuna was one. She's number How two. How the hell didn't I say Yuna? Vivi, who is a massive mascot for the franchise, is number four all time. True, true. And then um, Zidane, or Zidane, uh, is yeah. fifth. Here's I the did two, not expect Here's that. the two you probably wouldn't have guessed. So number 10, I'll give, you, I'll give you the game and see if you can guess them in this one try. It's somebody from seven that I'm actually surprised is in the top 10. Zach? Or yeah. Whatever his name is. What? Zach Fair yeah, is wouldn't... number 10. I would not have guessed Zach at all. Here's the one that I know you wouldn't have guessed. I can't even pronounce the goddamn name. It, it, it's, here's how my brain is, is re- looking at it. Emmett Selch from 14. Oh, yeah, that guy? Oh, come on. Like, I get it. Kind of cool guy. But really, it's an MMO. Oh. So I, I won't go through Never all the names, but here's some of the notable ones that, that are strange to me. So Ultros did make the list. So I'm, that makes me happy, but it's 66th. Uh, let's see here. As I keep scoring, Golbez is 54th. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Hope is in the top 50, which is kind of f- hilarious no. to me because no one likes Hope. No. But he's 48th. Okay. Uh, Setzer is 44th. All the all the ladies in Kingdom Hearts 2 are screaming, Setzer, right now. <laughs> uh, Shadow from, from 6 is 41st. Cecil is right in front of him at number 4. Uh, let's see here. Renoa is 35th. Jekt is 34th. That is an interesting name. Yeah, why? Why wow. is Jekt? 
Okay, okay, Japan. I'm actually going to stop this show for a moment. <laughs> Japan, do you have dad issues? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Jekt? <laughs> he beat out all those other good ones. Uh, uh, Yuffie, cool at, Golbez. Yuffie at 33, Balthier oh. at 29. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Aside from Noctis, the biggest uh, four, 15 character is Ignis at 28. Uh, Riku, hmm. my, one of my personal favorites, is 27th. Oh, yeah, Riku. What? Uh, everybody's what? favorite uh, coin-flipping uh, womanizer, Edgar, is 23rd. Mm-hmm. Vincent's 22, Locke's 21st. Uh, let's see here. Kane, the absolute just king of betrayals, is 18th. Wow. Orin is 15th. And another on, like, a lot of fifth, 14 names are in here. Like, Crystal Exarch is 20th. Uh, Horshafont Greystone, I hope I even got remotely close to that pronunciation, is 12th. Oh, I know who, yeah, yeah. 12th? Really? Yeah, this is definitely these, like, the more current games, and yeah. Yeah, well, it's, a lot of it makes sense. 7 takes a bunch, X takes a bunch. I don't know why I said X when I could have just said 10. 9 yeah. takes a bunch, 14 has a lot of presence. So there seems to be a trend in a lot. But man, Zach being top 10 is genuinely surprising to me. I wonder if it yeah. has to do with some of the stuff that we didn't get to see. Because we did get Crisis Core, but I know there was like a mobile game that was uh, about the Turks that went in Japan. I know they got a lot of extra things, so maybe they have a more of a affiliation with him because they got more content of it. Yeah, it could be that. It's it, it's got to be something along those lines. I'm also completely shocked at Zidane being like, what'd you say, number five? Probably because, you know, it, I, it is probably weird because, again, Japan seems to like broodiness. So it's why it's surprising that Zidane's in the list, but Squall didn't make it. Yeah. Like, if I, like, don't get me wrong, Vivi being up there from nine totally makes sense. Like, like... And not even from a mascot standpoint, like Vivi legitimately is one of the best written characters the series has ever had. Yeah. Like when I think of that game, Vivi's where I go like immediately. Zidane's like, he's there, but it's like, eh, I don't know. Like he's, he's good. It's not like I dislike him, but I wouldn't be like, oh man, that, that, that character's like top 10 for me forever. Uh, that one shocked me. And Zach, those two are, are just bonkers to me. Yeah. Uh, just because we have a couple of minutes here, I actually want to have, um, I, I, I saw that there's a website, so you know you know what? Uh, let's have a little, a little... Actually, you know what? No, let's save that, because there are actually two more categories we can do for another time. We have boss and summons and music as two other categories, so you know what? Maybe we'll check that out music. on another show. I like it. Music would be a good one. I'll save that for a rainy day when Final Fantasy is a big story again. You know what? We'll, we'll keep that in our back pocket for another day. Yeah, it will be, I, I hope absolutely a, yeah. for, sorry a good story a well, good it, happy story <laughs> we're, we're gonna go back and play like the final fantasy games that we think are actually good i don't know I, I, I no 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 13's bad stop stop defending 13 i'm sorry i won't accept it <laughs> and also we're gonna go play holy diver probably just the song for now but god damn that that that's just i can't get past the fact that somebody literally made a game behind like dio's back without him knowing he probably yeah. found about it at some point, but damn, that's that's such an interesting game that I need to look at now. Yeah, I also need to go find Airport Sim or whatever it was called. Airport I'm, Tycoon, yeah. Airport Tycoon, I'm finding that. I, I, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to check Steam first, but I want it. <laughs> all right, then. Well, as we finish up here, I bid you guys all adieu. Thank you so much for joining us here on Cartridge and Quarters. On behalf of myself and Chris... 
Um, if you enjoyed what you saw, whether you're watching on YouTube, which obviously you should be liking the channel, or liking the channel, liking the video, subscribing to the channel, we have content in terms of podcasts right now. We are potentially looking at more stuff down the road, but we're still in the early phase of planning. Um, we do the Pixel Play podcast, which is our more present day show. Myself and Kaylin, that goes up Wednesdays at noon. Obviously, this show that you're seeing right now, Cartridge and Quarters, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, you guys can check us out at our Linktree page. That is Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Pixel Play podcast. That's where you get links to our Discord, all of our social media, our anchor page that lists all our podcasts, the YouTube channel, all the bells and trinkets that you need to know with what's going on with us. So check that out we'll see you guys next week when uh sonic hopefully doesn't make us angry and you know we have about a month away from the playstation premium list potentially coming out so hopefully that starts to come out sooner because man that's a lot of stuff i'd like to talk about so that'll be a full episode (laughs) yeah no no kidding so yeah thank you so much for checking out the show guys we'll see you next week bye bye for now